the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. And I'll introduce. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition, where we speak about the goings-on, the current affairs, and we get opinions on the latest stuff and antics within our industry. And there's always something going on. Uh, today, I am joined by uh, Richard Spires. Now, Richard is the, uh, see if I can get this right, the ADI NJC Ambassador for Wales. Have I got that correct, Richard? You have. Excellent. Well done. I'm proud of myself. About I struggle with acronyms. I'm really, really bad with them, and I don't know why, um, but there's so many in our industry. Um, how are you today? All well? I'm very good. Thank you, Terry. How are you? Yes, even better be seen uh, your smiley face at the other end of my screen. So... Um, the first thing I want to ask you about, because I think it's a, it's a good one to ask, as, as you're obviously with the uh, ADI NJC, um, there's been a lot of talk recently, and I see a lot of stuff online. It's where I get a feel for, for, for what's good to talk about on these shows, um, about the associations, not just the NJC, but the associations and NASP and almost are they fit for purpose you know a, a little bit yeah. like that so I'm, I'm just wondering initially your sort of general take on that yeah i mean it's a controversial one isn't it as you say it's uh it's it's been talked about a lot recently uh that sort of connection between the dvsa nasp adinjc got dia um they're, they're the main ones that come to mind but um I think I think what it is, is is it's just getting that sort of balance, isn't it? Really, right between the public opinion, um, ADIs, PDIs, uh, the the associations, and the DVSA. It often feels like them against us, and it shouldn't be like that. Really, you know, we should all be trying to work together. In my opinion. Um, I just don't think you can please everybody. Um, I think I think that's the issue, and and uh, that is a big issue, big problem in our industry. Unfortunately, um, there's a lot of opinions. Uh, who's right? Who's wrong? Um, this is it. See, I mean, the DVSA. Uh, it'd be better if the DVSA worked more in conjunction with the associations, you know, and and inform people and fed the information further down the line for everyone to know because it always seems to be we have to go through certain channels to to get the information and as you as you know yourself um by the time it filters down to adis pdis and people who are actually trying to find the information they might have gone through facebook or other channels to find it and it's often or not actually what's been said it's inaccurate and then rumors start flying around you know what it's like in facebook groups it all blows out of proportion so i think it needs to be governed more and um as i say i think people need to work together a lot more rather than sort of them against us I would agree with that largely. And I'm going to kind of lay my cards on the table. Um, I am a member of two associations. Uh, I'm not going to state which two, but one of them is the ADI NJC. Um, I'm not going to single out the, the big one that I'm not. <laughs> That's what I'm saying there. Um, and I, I do believe that, that, that generally do a good job. Um, and so I, you know, lay my cards on the table. I'm a, I'm a supporter there. So, but I, I do try and play devil's advocate a little bit sometimes. And, 
I'm also, in a weird way, and I'm always reluctant to say this, a supporter of the DVSA. Um, I do think that not just the ADINJC and the other associations, but the DVSA have a very tough role to fill and a very tough job to do. I don't always think they do it how I'd like them to do it, but a, a key word I think you sort of mentioned there was communication, and I think that's massive. I think that the communication from the DVSA to instructors isn't always fantastic. I... Uh, recently put the proposition towards someone at the DVSA and, and they, they said they're taking it on board, they're going to get back to me, we'll find out. But recently put the proposition that any email they send out to instructors that's talking about a significant change, they should filter through someone first. So whether that's someone at NASP or even just a, a nominated person, you know, and filter it through them because there's always questions that arise from this email that mm-hmm. could be answered in the email. I mean, where would your stance be on that? Yeah, no, you've hit the nail on the head, really. It's what I was saying before. The trouble is, you know, if you're going to announce something or filter something information down to people, it needs to be done accurately because, uh, you know, they kind of... I'm not blaming the DVSA for this because I know they do a, a good job and it must be a tough job, particularly with the uh, issues they have to sort out with, with what's gone on recently. Um, but uh, I just feel if they're going to put an email out, like you said, it needs to be done and there needs to be some sort of accurate information or some sort of process of somebody who can actually filter it down to people before it all blows out of proportion, you know, because that's what tends to happen regularly as we know. And before you know it, uh, everyone's making a fuss over what potentially isn't a big issue a lot of the time. So, yeah, more organisation, as you say. It, it, this needs to be done better. Yeah. So, and, yeah. Um, I do want to come back to the DVSA, but before I do, I want to sort of go back to my original one, uh, you know, speak specifically, I suppose, about the ADI NJC uh, with yourself, because that, that seems apt. But like I said, there's, there's a... <sighs> A lot of talk online about, you know, not, I'm reluctant to use the phrase fit for purpose because I believe they are, but, you know, that's the, the phrase I say online a lot. And what, what are you doing for us ADIs? You know, and it's that kind of stuff. And when I look at it, there's a lot of stuff that is done almost retrospectively. We can see it. So the support is there, as in, um, if you were to, you know, get called in by the DVSA, the the NJC, and uh, will back us up with that, so it's almost retrospective support. But I'm just wondering what if you could sort of throw anything, any light on what influence uh, the the NJC has proactively. If, if, have I phrased that question so it makes sense? Yeah, perfectly. Yeah, no, I understand totally what you mean. Um, you know, I mean, f- for me, the ADINJC and any association, particularly the ADINJC, which I'm involved with, uh, I think their main purpose really is is just to help people or to, to be a point of call for people um, like ADIs, like myself. It can be quite a lonely place, really. You know, you're, you're working on your own all day weeks uh, sometimes without seeing anybody you might you might bump into someone at the test center we drive around we wave at people we don't actually speak to these people you know so it's i think it's good to have an association like that where you know you don't feel alone it's somewhere you can go if you have an issue and we hope you don't have any issues you know know, we hope you don't need that extra support really you know if 
there may be a time, and I'm talking from experience, there may be a time where you do need it. And I think it's good just to have someone there on the end of a phone or an, or an email just to get it off your chest, if anything. Uh, you know, so I think that's the main purpose of an association, especially one as big as the ADINJC. And um, I think it's good to be, I, I like the way the NDI agency, they promote um, smaller associations as well. So uh, there, there are a serious lack of those, particularly um, in, in South Wales. Um, I, I gather all over the country. So I think they, the, the, one of their main purposes is to promote the local association so that we can all be involved in something uh, more locally. And I think that's definitely a good thing because there's so much more to offer. Um, a lot of people want somewhere to go to, to perhaps up their skills. So there's lots of good training opportunities that come through the associations. And without trying to promote them, they're, they're very cheap compared to some training providers out there. They, they, they run it at cost price to, to, to try and sort of upskill people, get them involved, you know, any type of course. They do a lot of stuff online now. I'm involved with a lot of online training through the ADINJC. I think it's great, good quality. They get a lot of other good trainers in as well, so they're not just sort of trying to push their products on you. It's a lot of different trainers and a lot of different styles and I think that's a good thing to to see as well. Um, you can get your, your your public insurance from there, your liability insurance as part of yeah, you know your membership, and it's it's very cheap. You know, four pound a month for um, I I might be wrong in quoting this, but I think it's the Silver Stroke Platinum membership. I know the Light Platinum is free, you know, and you get you get quite a, quite a good sort of basic package there, but. Um, when you're in the platinum and gold sort of category, there's a massive resource there. It's a big hub for, for people to go and have a look at. I think people just need to go and have a look at it as well. They've just revamped the website. It looks fantastic. Um, you know, just go and have a look at it. Sign up to it. Just become a light member. Be part of something. Then make an opinion rather than sort of just go onto a Facebook page or Facebook group read off what everyone's saying and, and just sort of go with it. You should really sort of have a look for yourself. I think, I think that's important. Yeah. So they're, they're there for us. Yeah. And you know, what do you think, Terry? I annoyingly agree wholeheartedly <laughs> um, <laughs> because uh, I can feel a bit of a rant coming on. So I apologize, but I, I, I don't like this attitude and this isn't just ADIs. I think it's a people thing, you know, what are you doing for me? I, I don't like that. Actually, it's like, what are you doing for you? You know, it's, and I think a lot of people forget as well that I think I'm right in saying this the ADI NJC is all voluntarily run. You, you don't get paid for doing it, it's done in your free time. Um, so I, the people that moan about it, and I don't mean the people that constructively criticise or the people that make suggestions. I don't mean those. I mean the people that you see every day on Facebook kicking off because you haven't stood up for me today. You haven't fixed this thing from the DVSA that, by the way, you can't fix. That's up to them. Um, because you haven't done that, it's a bit like the, the kick off about it. And I, it really bothers me. I think, oh, you do it. 
You you start your own voluntary association and then you go and fix this problem. I think that bothers me because, again, I just want to touch on the other thing you mentioned there about uh, the the, the membership. Now, all right, I don't want to be flippant because I don't want to say £4 is nothing because £4 is a lot of money to a lot of people in a lot of situations. So I don't want to be flippant about saying that. But... It's not expensive for what the ADI NJC, I'm going to call it the NJC, what the NJC provides. It's not expensive. But also, like you've said, you've got the light option, which is free. And the biggest thing you get from that, in my opinion, is the, the, the influx of emails, the influx of information that you've got access to. You know, you may not necessarily know things before everyone else, but you still know them when you need to know them. You know, and uh, one of the other things I saw, and uh, again, I'm, I'm on my soapbox now. I apologise, but one of the other things I saw was because NASP were obviously speaking with the DVSA about the the recent standards check, you know, fiasco before it was announced. But then it was announced before it was finalised. That's kind of my reading of it. And I've again reading instructors that are saying, "Well, why didn't you tell us this was under discussion?" It's like, well, because it's under discussion. You know, you can't for you to keep that what I'm going to call a relationship with the DVSA, there's certain things that I'm sure you would have to keep quiet if that may, I'm going on a real rant now. I apologise. I'm going to bail myself <laughs> in slightly. Go back to my point. But, yeah, you, you, you know, it's you, you provided stuff for free and provided stuff at a low price by an organisation that is doing it voluntarily that's been around for about 50 years. And, and in my opinion, it actually does quite a lot of good. So... Yeah, that's my rant over on that. Um, but I do <laughs> want to come back to on one other thing you mentioned there, because um, I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. And that's the, you said loneliness as an ADI. Mm-hmm. I've spoke about this a bit on the podcast before because I used to consider myself lonely as an ADI. And it, mm-hmm. I, I've been doing this about, I keep saying six, but it's actually five years. And probably the first three, I was just an isolated ADI that head down, Head down, asshole, did my job. That was it. Um, mm-hmm. And over the past 18 months here, I've switched and I've become proactive and I've met a different group of ADIs and different people and try and become more involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it's still lonely in that you see your student, but they're not your friends, they're your student, and that might be the only people you see all day because you're at work, you're not in that office environment. How would you handle that loneliness? How would you suggest people deal with that? Um, well, I'm in a similar position to yourself. I mean, uh, I've been a working ADI for 16 years. So uh, over the last couple of years, I've um, developed my driving school. So I have, I'm fortunate enough now to have a team around me. So I'm in a different position now to what I was then. But when I was uh, a working ADI myself, it, as you say, it is a lonely place. And, and particularly what's been happening over the last sort of 18 months uh, with a lot more stress and depression and all sorts of um, things going on in the world. It doesn't help, you know, and, and even many situations when, when we had all the, all the time off work. So um, I, I would suggest, you know, <laughs> talking to people more and, and doing that by, you know, joining the, either joining an association or, you know, um, like we're fortunate enough now to have the driving school team and uh, I always encourage my ADIs and PDIs to just drop into the office um, and have a coffee and a chat. It doesn't have to be about work. It, you know, I encourage them to come and get it off the chest, you know, um, and I think it does them good, you know, just to port a call and just knowing they can do that, 
because it is quite a stressful job if you let it be. Um, you know, and I think some people just want to get it off the chest now and again, and it's good to talk, as we all know. So, yeah. And I think that's where um, the NGAC in particular, I think, stepped up over COVID with the support they were providing over COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, although my mind's gone blank as to what they did. Can you? Can you that's great. Uh, yeah, can yeah. you offer some insights on that? Of course, of course, yeah. So uh, they did a brilliant job of doing some Zoom workshops. Um, Andrew Love, who's uh, the head trainer of ADI and JC, set all that up. And um, I was fortunate enough to attend pretty much every one. And they were brilliant. Very, very low cost as well. Kept it down as minimum cost as they could to get as many people involved, just to take people's mind off uh, lockdown, really, and the situation we were all in, keeping everyone proactive. Um, I think there was one pretty much every other week for lockdown so it's pretty consistent and um, they've done a, done a really good job i think the main thing the best part about them all was uh there were anything up to sort of 50 participants on on the workshops i think it was just a good good chance for everyone to chat and talk and you know meet meet some new people and it was just just that aspect of it alone was was good and you had people on there you could see some people are a bit more confident than others and I just found it really good just trying to bring people out their shell and uh, just get getting their the stresses off their minds is it was great. That's what it was for, really. That's what we all needed, isn't that? Up more upbeat because we were all on a bit of a downer. So yeah, that oh, was great. Yeah, yeah. I forget. Oh, it was. Uh, I was actually speaking to Lynn Barry earlier today, and we were talking about the the, the kicking that instructors have had over the past eighteen months. You know, the, as we've just mentioned, the the stuff over COVID, um, the, the financial side of it, the not working side of it, the loneliness aspect of it, the the uh, not knowing a lot of times because the government would say, right, we're in this lockdown. Mm-hmm. But we wouldn't know whether quite we were falling into that category. So we were almost beholden then to what the DVSA said. And even then they kind of held their hands up in some instances. Um, so th- there was all that side of it. Then then we came mm-hmm. back. Um, we had the you know, what I still refer to as the Sanders check fiasco, um, which I'm going to ask your opinion on that shortly. Um, yeah. and we had the uh the B and E test being scrapped, and then we've had the whole thing around the the fuel that we've got now that I've got very lucky that I've got this week off with this fuel situation. Um, so I've had all that and I think instructors have, have, have taken a real kick in so I find mm. I'm just going to ask our opinion on that how, what advice or how in fact how have you handled that kick in that, that we've taken and, and what advice would you give to others um, well again you know it is a it is a lonely world and, and there's a lot of things going on and I always say you know if if you don't know the answer to something go go and find someone who does don't be afraid to ask um there's lots of useful resources out there, either online uh, or just just on the end of an email. You know, um, we should all be working together here. You know, we're all colleagues. We're not we're not competitors. There's there's plenty of work out there for everybody. We should all look at each other as a colleague and then try and help people out rather than sort of just slating each other. I think it's ridiculous. It's like a it's like a playground sometimes when you go into these Facebook groups. I, I stay out of them because, uh, you know, I just think it's silly, really. I, I have my own Facebook group for PDIs, and um, I'm quite happy to say it's quite a safe environment. That's one of our main rules, no bullying, no, no nothing like that. But I stay out of most of them for, for that fact alone. But 
that's another story. <laughs> but um, yeah, go, go and find some help. I mean, another another great thing that the ADINJC did over lockdown was, um, and it was totally free as well. They actually built up a massive resource called the uh, the COVID toolbox. So you could actually go onto the website. You didn't even need to be a member. And you could log log into it, and there was a vast source of information on there about anything from um, I don't know. There was checklists on there of what you need to do when when you're thinking about going back to work regarding be safe PPE, uh, you know, risk assessments, you know, like the car, all those sorts of things. Uh, there was also lots of information out there about the grants on there. You know what you could get, what you needed to do. Also, the local um, council grants. Look into those. So there was constant information there, a bit like a hub so people could go to for reassurance. And also you could email or ring someone like myself. I'm quite happy to have a chat. Part of my role as the uh, the Welsh ambassador for ADI and JC is I'm always on the end of the phone. You know, if someone wants to ring me, they're more than welcome to. And I'm happy to sit there and, and listen to their woes and give them the best advice I can uh, or drop me an email or a WhatsApp you know i think just having that that knowing that someone's there for you uh is half the battle and it helps me too you know because uh from my point of view in my role uh i love to talk and and get to know people i wouldn't i don't think it's worth doing this job if you're not a people person so uh it's very important and at the same time i'm creating a little network around myself if i don't know the information and i'm not not going to say that I know everything because I certainly don't, but I tend to think, well, I, I know someone who does. I can put you in contact with them. So I'm kind of sign, signposting them to that person. Uh, and then that's what it's all about, having a network around you. It's not all about money and all about how much I can make and, you know, getting too involved with, oh, God, it's us against them. I think we should just drop all that and, 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 and you know, just try and get on and, and, and yeah. I think it would make, make the world and our industry a better place altogether, really, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I, uh, I might snippet that bit of audio and just in play that on every Facebook group. <laughs> I think that's massively important. I thought you, you kind of mentioned four, well, you mentioned a lot of stuff there, but there were four things I've noted down that stuck out that I think are, um, are real key things that are, are issues. So, like, I've got network Facebook or social media, your role in the in the NJC and um, money. And the reason I've wrote, and I'm not going to cover all these, this second we'll, we'll come back to these, but I wanted to mention the network side of it because you were talking about the network that you're building up. And, and that goes back to that loneliness side of it a little bit in that when you're just in your car driving, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's what I did for, for three years. And if you just want to be a driving instructor and deliver lessons, don't want to get involved in the political side of it, there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it is that that loneliness. And I think since doing this show, my network has just blossomed. And this is, by doing this, is where I've met the awesome people, such as yourself, that all of a sudden it's like, oh, wow, there's this wealth of instructors that I didn't know about that have got good intentions and that don't shout me down because I don't know this thing that, yeah, I probably should know. But I don't, so I need to ask. You know, it's it's about it's just just by doing that one thing, and and also then you start to get into their networks and know their people, and I think it's brilliant. And even by doing this, you know, I've got people coming to me now quite regularly and asking me questions and asking to come on the show and, and this kind of stuff, which is brilliant. It's so heartwarming. But um, 
that ties me back into what I was going to say about the the Facebook groups I mentioned there about asking questions. And you'll see this. I know that you said yours is a, a safe space, but you'll see this where you, you go onto a group and someone's asked a question, they get shot down. And I'm like, yeah, do you know what? You probably should know that. As an ADI or PDI, you probably should know the answer, but you don't. So you're finding out. So you shouldn't be shot down. And I tend, I don't, I say this, I'm not sure if it's under percentage, but I think that if I wasn't using Facebook as a tool to promote the business, so both the podcast and the, the driving school, I'm not even sure I'd be on it, if I'm being honest, because it's just disillusioned. Um, so how... How do you? I know you said you stay out of it most of it, but do you come across much of it? How do you handle it, or is it just a case of you of nah, screw it, I'm done with that? I, I'm similar to you, Terry. Yeah, uh, I have that opinion totally. I, I think if it wasn't for business um, promoting and marketing, because it's very important for that, it's a very powerful tool for that, as you know. Um, I don't think I'd be involved in Facebook. I don't think I'd have a Facebook account because I'm. It's unfortunately there's, there's a lot more bad stuff on there than good in my opinion um as you as you said you know there's a it's, it's a bullying ground it can be um, and um, i think it's just sometimes people just go on there and just think well they can pump the chest out and sort of look at my ego um but they're a keyboard warrior then the they sat behind the desktop they wouldn't be doing that in real life you know and, and, and you shouldn't be doing it online either i think it needs to be vetted a lot more um definitely when, for example you know as you say when you see posts like that people crying out for a little bit of help you know we should be helping them we shouldn't be shooting them down you know they know they don't know the answer there's no point trying to sort of um belittle them it's, it's just it's wrong it shouldn't, shouldn't be happening should be what should be coming down on those people who are doing it and i did see one recently actually uh, i'm not going to go into any details or any names or anything obviously but I did see a post recently um, where someone really went to town on someone uh, over an innocent sort of question, you know, and they got a heck of a lot of flack for it. And I think um, there was action taken against them. And I think there should be more of it. There's no room for it in society. So why should there be room for it online? You know, it's just not acceptable. I mean, I've been quite lucky so far that I've not received an awful lot of uh, abuse, bullying, criticism, whatever for the for this podcast, and I thought I would have received more. In fact, when I did this show initially, I can remember the first episode I ever did was with um, Bob Morton, and I can remember saying to him that I'm going to get loads of flack for this, and I never have. And then I realised the reason why is because those people aren't listening; they're not interested. But just recently, when I've been I've been a bit more uh, promoting the show slightly differently, so I've not been promoting it as much but I actually talk about it differently and I talk about the stuff we cover on it. And it's, that's got a few juicier replies because people are seeing the stuff we talk about. Like I'll, for this one, I might say, is the NJC fit for purpose? I might use it in there and it's, it tracks people. But what I've found is people are commenting on it without listening. Mm. And I'm like, you can't really comment on it. You can comment on my post about the post because yeah maybe i phrased it badly i'll rephrase that point but there were one bloke in particular but really like an essay on one thing i'd said and i can't remember what it was now but and i'm like you've not listened to the show 
don't do an essay on the way I've spelt this or whatever it was. Um, but I, I've got over that now. My response is usually just, thanks for the feedback. I'll make a note and I'll leave it at that. But um, let's let's put a pin in that for now. Um, I'm going to ask you one more question, but then we're going to, yeah, I'll ask you this question first because um, I'm intrigued by this and I'm probably being quite dense when I ask it. But either way, you don't ask a question, you don't know. What is the role of the ambassador for Wales within the ADI NJC? Well, um, good question. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's a bit, it was a bit of a shock to me, to be honest, uh, when I was asked um, a few months back, because um, although I've had some um, involvement in the ADINJC, I haven't been that involved that more than I could have. And, and so when I was asked by, by Lynn, I was quite sort of, um, I was honoured, really, to be honest. I thought, oh, this would be a great opportunity to not just promote the association, but it's something that's been lacking in Wales for a long time. Um, don't know why. The, as I mentioned earlier, there's a lack of associations here, um, particularly in the more rural, rural areas. Because in Wales, down in South Wales, you've got all the cities. It's quite a dense sort of populated area. But then you move into sort of Mid Wales, uh, West and sort of North Wales, and it's, uh, it's quite rural areas. So, you know... I thought, well, it'd be a great opportunity for me to promote associations and coming together with people. You know, you, you can, you know, there's a there's a point of contact here actually that you can talk to if you need to, like myself. I'm quite happy to volunteer for that. And um I suppose that's the main role really of having a point of contact for support for people, even if you just want to have a chat about anything, they're more than welcome to. Um, but also I'm I'm quite an advocate of CPD, so uh, and again, there's a serious lack of that here. Don't know why. Uh, when, when before, obviously, COVID hit and everything, when we were allowed to be in classrooms together and in good old days, <laughs> uh, never sought, never seemed to like sort of any of the big training providers never seemed to come into Wales for some reason. Uh, I've been involved with them too. So there was always that question, why don't we, don't you come to sort of Wales? So I thought this opportunity might, might arise for me, hopefully, to be able to promote that. And get some some more training providers to come to Wales, including we're running our going to be running our own workshops through the ADINJC as well, and to get people more involved. Um, so therefore, then you know people will hopefully see a side of the association which is useful to them. Then they can have an opinion of it. Try us first, you know. As I said, um, we're there for you. It's voluntary. We're not getting paid for this. I'm more than happy to dedicate as much time as anyone needs me to to help them in any situation, you know. So um, use us; we're there. Um, there, really. Definitely. Uh, so at that point, we'll take a slight pause. We're going to set the table now. When we come back, uh, I'm sure we'll touch more around uh, the sort of the, the, the social media and the on the side. But I also want to get into the current fuel crisis now. It's affecting driving instructors. Uh, potentially talking about the how the the army is currently being drafted in to help uh, deal with all the um, HGV tests, all that kind of stuff. So lots more fun stuff to come. But before we get into that, Richard, uh, do you want to just take us a moment? Just tell us a little bit about yourselves and promote anything that you would like to promote. Yeah, sure. Thank you. So um, I've been an ADI for 16 years. Um, I'm also audit registered. So I train my own driving instructors to develop my driving school. So what I've been looking into for a long time is a training resource 
so that I can actually signpost people to to towards training to be a driving instructor and with what's happened recently a lot of it's as you know yourself a lot of the training has gone online so uh, i've been big into doing with zoom workshops and uh, put a lot of research into creating an online platform for people to be able to go to and, and you know effectively train themselves to be driving instructors online without all the big costs that they can occur uh, and the old ways of doing it I think gone are the days where you, you you need a big bag of manuals and books. I think that's a little bit outdated now. So we've come up with a, an online resource that in fact is where you could train yourself to be a driving instructor. It's called instructortrainingonline.co.uk. Um, we haven't actually launched it yet. It's going to be launched in the next week or two. Uh, but it's all live, ready to go. We're just putting the final touches to it. Very excited to sort of announce this. And um, yeah, it's going to run alongside my current PDI Facebook group. So PDI Help and Advice. It's been online now since the start of lockdown. So we've been we've been running that Facebook group for about 18 months. Uh, we're up to nearly 400 members on that. And that's for PDIs all across the country. Um, I say PDIs, I mean anybody that wants to, is interested in training to be a driving instructor is more than welcome to join the group uh, at any stage of their learning. It's a safe environment where people can come and they can ask any question and they will get a good answer. So none of the bullying going on in there. Um, so, yeah, they're the two main sort of projects I've got online. And um, I like to keep active on social media. So you can look me up, um, Richard Spires. Um, my driving school is richardspiresdrivingschool.co.uk. We're based in, in Mid Wales, Brecon, Mid Wales, beautiful part of the country. And uh, uh, a lovely backdrop to work every day. So um, we, our main core of the business is training people to get their licenses. In a place like this, you can't do a lot of a driving license. So uh, we help people to get independent. And uh, we're quite dedicated to it. I've been fortunate to build a, a great team around me. We're up to nearly 15 ADIs and PDIs in the space of two years. Uh, my goal was to, to get near that figure in 10 years. So we're doing pretty good at the moment. Um, I'm looking to expand further in the local area and potentially nationally. One thing the website will hopefully uh, get me is a bit more national coverage because we're going to link it in quite nicely with the PDI Facebook group. Um, and the idea is for people to sort of be able to train themselves from any stage to be a driving instructor from, from the start all the way up to CPD. So there's going to be this, the standard check training in there as well. And I'm going to add more courses as we go along. So this is just the base model to the hub, really. There's going to be more sort of trainer-trainer opportunities, audit training, develop your own driving school, Imagine there's a lot of ADIs out there at the moment who are bursting at the scenes for work with work, uh, X amount of months waiting lists. An idea for them could be right, take someone on, train someone yourself to be a, a driving instructor. We have got an online platform there ready for you to do that, and we can mentor you to do that as well. So there's lots, lots of opportunities there. I'm in contact with a lot of trainers all over the country, built up a big network of people which I know I can trust and, and would do an excellent job. So it doesn't matter if you don't live 10 miles from my doorstep. With this national coverage, 
through the website and uh, the PDI group. It doesn't matter where you are, there'll be a trainer there for you to link you up with the course. So um, very excited. Where it's going, Terry. <laughs> It, it sounds good. Um, you did give me a little uh, sneaky preview of the the website, and I was uh, very impressed by that. It looks it looks well, it looks better than mine, does that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> it looks good, um, and I am going to come back and, and quiz you a little bit about that about how because I can't imagine training to be an ADI via sort of doing it online, not being it in person. So I'm looking forward to to picking your brains about that in a moment. But before we do. <laughs> I'll put all those links in the show notes as well, by the way, so you can uh, head over and look at the group or, or whatever else it is. Um, but if you are listening on the podcast version, this is where we end. This is where we finish. Unless you want to hear more from myself and Richard, in which case head over to patreon.com forward slash the instructor. There will be a link for that in the show notes as well. Now, if you head over there, you can sign up to a monthly subscription. Um, there's three different tiers. So I'll tell you about this. You can either uh, go for the £2 tier and pay £2 a month. Now, that is basically just to give me £2 to show me your support you don't get anything for that but i've got a few people doing it it's just a nice way to say here you go terry appreciate what you're doing here's two pound very nice thank you uh we've also got the five pound tier now with that five pound tier it's a step up so you get the the green rooms uh you get the extensions of these there's a little bit more bonus content in there and you also get a shout out on the show and then you've got the full tier at the minute which is a 10 pound one where you basically get everything there's a whole wealth of material especially for what's coming up in october and i'm not going to go into too much detail just yet but we've got some real treats coming for you in october so head over to patreon.com forward slash the instructor uh, so yeah, if you listen on the podcast uh, and you don't do that, then I will say goodbye and I wish you the very best of days. And if you listen on Patreon, I will see you, I'll speak to you in a moment. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.